Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. Freedom of Species, we're a show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves of 3CR Community Radio. Before us, you heard Sally with the show Out of the Pan. Always worth tuning into that show. Make sure you catch it every Sunday from 12 till 1 for all things pansexual. And on the show today, we're going to be discussing vaccination, which is obviously a really politically charged issue at the moment. And yeah, particularly how it sort of interacts with, with veganism and animal advocacy and, and, and those kind of issues. So to join me, I'm joined by my fellow Freedom of Species co-host and his cat. Um, well, welcome to the show. That That's just for us, but uh, welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks for joining me. G'day. Nice to be here. And I am Nick Pendergrast uh, joining Adam today. And yeah, we did do a show a while ago, not me and Adam specifically, but um, our co-host Davida and Trev did a show with a guest, Claire, I believe, called um, Anti-Vax and Ableism. And that was a really great episode and kind of focused on the way in which uh, vaccination vaccination is important in terms of um, preventing vulnerable men- members of the community, um, people who, um, who might have a compromised immune system or other health issues. And yeah, it been obviously important for everyone but particularly important for um certain groups within society um and they briefly touched on sort of the vegan and animal ethics of it and i thought again we might sort of briefly touch on the sort of the the human aspects but we're going to go into a bit more detail in terms of the the animal issue and i guess use it as a starting point to talk about broader issues about being vegan in a non-vegan world and those kind of issues so I just want to start things off. Um, we're going to be discussing an article, Are COVID Vaccines Vegan? Should I Get One Anyway? An Ethicist Explains by Ben Bramble from the Australian National University. It was published earlier this year, February 19th, 2021 on theconversation.com. Um, but I thought just to start things off, I think an important part of this conversation is the effectiveness of vaccines, which um, I definitely don't put myself forward as an expert on that issue by any means, but I just wanted to give just one, another article from the conversation.com, which is your unvaccinated friend is roughly 20 times more likely to give you COVID. Um, And they basically go look at that based on Victorian data. Um, And I guess a little bit similar to like the idea of wearing masks. Like obviously if you're meeting someone, if you're both vaccinated, that's ideal. If one of the two people is vaccinated, that will give you some protection. And and obviously if you're both unvaccinated, then there's a much higher risk of getting the, um, of getting the virus. Um, yeah, I know, Adam, you're much more on top of these issues than I am, but is there anything you'd like to say about the effectiveness of the vaccines? Because I, I believe in terms of how they've played out in the real world has been even more effective than they perhaps expected. But, um, yeah, do you, have, do you have any thoughts on the, the effectiveness of the vaccines? Yeah, I'm, I'm similarly, I'm not an expert in, in vaccines mm-hmm. and sort of know of them from a general science um, sort of, perspective and background mm-hmm. and certainly they're very 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 effective uh these the COVID vaccines have been particularly f- effective um like many other vaccines in the past um and you know vaccines have a a long history we've had vaccines and vaccination for centuries um there was inoculation um through vaccines uh by scratching pustule um 
sort of sores into like the pus from people into a, a sore on your skin in like the 1700s. This stuff has been around for a long time and it's been um, very effective. Uh, obviously, things have gotten a lot better <laughs> since then. And um, and we have very clean, very um, highly, highly sort of uh, designed vaccines nowadays. And, you know, they they are incredibly protective. When when you get a um, a vaccine, you're it's it's helping your body create the antibodies that are going to be able to um, recognise the virus that it, that you're being um, vaccinated against, and then if you come across that vaccine that that virus, your body's ready to respond quickly um, with the protective measures that it's got got going. If you don't get the vaccine, you know you might be overwhelmed by the virus, and as we see in um, your your body might not be able to mount the defences quickly enough, and it can have whole like all types of different impacts. If we look at the COVID virus and the various strains to this point, they have various impacts um, depending on how severely you're sort of um, overwhelmed by the virus. And yeah, I think the evidence clearly speaks for itself. People who are vaccinated are far less likely to have um, have even you know symptom like severe symptoms certainly not severe symptoms in most cases but they're far less likely to even have sort of mild symptoms a lot of people are going to get covid or um have have covid who are vaccinated and not even notice and um yeah vaccines work we know they work they've worked for centuries and they'll continue to work they're very very important um very very important uh, medical measure against disease. Yeah, and I, I've, I think this was a, an example perhaps from Singapore, but it, it's sort of um, typical of all the countries that have now higher levels of vaccination. We're seeing similar things play out in Victoria, for example. Um, but the you know the medical profession I was seeing interviewed on ABC News was saying it's almost like there's two separate pandemics now. There's one which is for the, affecting those who are vaccinated, which is almost always a very mild condition, nothing to worry about too much, versus those who are unvaccinated are often getting quite serious effects. So now that we do have higher levels of vaccination in some countries, unfortunately not in all countries, um, which speaks to global inequality, but um, yeah, it, it really does make that that huge difference uh, in not just making less likely to catch the disease, but perhaps even more importantly of um, much less likely to get those serious effects as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, moving on to the article now again, which is called, I guess, sort of shifting the discussion more towards animals and, and vegan issues. Um, the article again being, are COVID vaccines vegan? Should I get one anyway? And ethicist explains. And I, I wanted to just, uh, as a sort of a starting point, for me, it was kind of significant that this article was published at all because the the author from what I can tell, does not appear to be vegan themselves um, because they say some of my vegan friends and in like not including themselves within that. Um, so it's sort of an article that is targeted specifically, um, specifically um, towards uh, a vegan audience, really, is written like for vegans or, or addressing vegans, um, but yet it's in this fairly sort of mainstream, like fairly well-read website. Did you see that as somewhat significant, Adam? Like this isn't on vegan news, plant-based news or whatever. Um, did you find it significant that this was kind of published in this sort of more uh, general audience publication? No, actually, okay. um, and and that's because you know just thinking about the conversation and knowing the conversation's um, sort of interests and motivations, they are a so the conversation publishes articles that are directly from academics, you know, mm -hmm. research academics and people working in um, various fields of academia, um, or, or or who are doing research, and they they purport to. Um, Get you the information straight from the people who are who are um, doing it, creating it, or thinking about it, sort of thing. So rather than going through a journalist, you're hearing directly from the researchers. The other motivation of the conversation is that they are interested in publishing things that are um, going to be possibly controversial, that are going to be um, 
grabbed by other media organizations and to be honest like over the years they they do like publishing things with vegan in it um because it's sort of got a little bit of clickbait on it i think Mm. and um so i'm not surprised that they published it i'm i'm a little so where I what I am surprised about not surprised but sort of like oh yeah okay is that it's a non-vegan and not that they not that they haven't written anything that I sort of disagree with I think they've done a pretty good job mm. um, but to hear from a non-vegan um, as an authoritative voice on this topic I think you could find a vegan ethicist there's plenty of them out there mm. that um, that could speak um, from a perspective. Uh, 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 of deeper experience, I suppose, and understanding, yeah. um, and so and and so, I think that that maybe publishing it, and 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 particularly like publishing something about whether vegans should get the vaccine compared to um, a whole variety of other groups in our society who are probably less likely to get the vaccine. Um, maybe, maybe a vegan, the vegan community who weren't getting the vaccine is probably small, a very, very small number of people. And there's probably a better target audience for um, dealing with some of these, these issues around who should get the vaccine that I actually, like, I can see why they did it. I mean, it's interesting. It's good to, good to have these conversations and whatnot, but um you know, maybe speaking to certain um, uh, whether it's anti-vaxxers or and they they have done they have done these pieces mm-hmm. and religious groups or certain um, communities that might be more skeptical about getting vaccines. Um, yeah, I can see why they published it. It's still um, and it, it was still interesting to me just from a a sort of understanding why the conversation publishes things, um, mm. why they might publish this particular piece, which is who it's helping is sort of such a small audience. Mm. So I think, I think the true target audience was actually those who would get um, upset about the idea. (laughs) And you can see that in the comments, there's only like 12 comments or something like that, Mm. but half of them are from people sort of who are just responding to the, the idea of veganism, Mm. not to the content of the article. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I believe we won't get into this because it could be a whole other episode itself. But I believe one of their most um, read articles ever was about the um, the mice and other animals killed yeah, in arches. crops, like a yeah, sort of a, a gotcha piece for vegans, which was very uh, off the mark in my opinion. Don't that, get uh, me started. Yeah, that exactly. Is a, that yeah, is an atrocious piece of work. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that could be another episode itself. So I better not go down that road. But um, yeah, in terms of the um, yeah, in terms of veganism and the vaccine, uh, one positive thing is that the vaccines um, do not contain animal products. Um, so that is obviously positive from a vegan point of view. Um, that isn't necessarily the case with all vaccines. I know the flu shot, for example, contains um, chicken products. Um yeah, which is kind of interesting getting that flu shot as a vegan and going, are you allergic to, to like to chicken products or chicken's eggs? I think it is. Um, and I'm like, no, but yeah, I don't eat them. But yeah, definitely from hearing that, um, from hearing that um, episode, um, anti-vax and ableism, I think that is really important, even though the flu probably isn't going to be hugely uh, impactful on me in terms of more vulnerable people. Mm. I've sort of validated my decision to, to get that flu shot, which I have been getting for, for a number of years. Um, but yeah, either way, whether it is the flu shot or the COVID, you know, the COVID vaccines, um, yeah, they are tested on animals, which... Um, yeah, which we'll get on to in a moment. Um, and yeah, I guess what I actually just building off what Adam said, I wanted to mention that I did, and we'll get on to some of the conclusions in, in a moment after a song, but um, I did agree with the conclusions of the article, but I found the way they got to those conclusions was often a bit uh, speciesist, was often was not sort of valuing animals enough, it was sort of putting humans above animals, which kind of made sense from someone who was kind of sympathetic to vegan, sort of was sympathetic to the concerns, but hadn't necessarily taken on those concerns themselves. So you kind of tell that uh, within the article, but 
Yeah, we'll we'll get on to that issue. So obviously that is, you know, a legitimate concern with the vaccine, um, with medications in general, obviously from a vegan animal liberation point of view, the fact they are uh, tested on animals. Um, but yeah, we, we better take a song. And I think this will be a, an interesting thing because I think, yeah, amongst vegans, they're yeah, perhaps are some of those more legitimate concerns about animal testing, but there can also be more, um, as Adam, Adam mentioned, not from vegans as a whole, and, and I don't know how you know broad this sort of portion is, but more pseudoscientific, conspiratorial kind of um, concerns about the vaccine. So um, I'm going to play a song along those lines. This is by Soul, who's a, a vegan hip-hop artist um, with DJ Payne. Uh, the song is called, I'm not meant to swear, so I'll just say F Alex Jones. Uh, and yeah, uh, uh, the title of the song, but also the song itself does contain some swearing, uh, which I uh, have to mention. But yeah, I thought it was a very relevant song because he's sort of talking about people who are fans of his music. He's like a vegan anarchist hip hop artist. And so into vegan politics and anarchist politics and radical politics. And and yeah, often sometimes can go along with that, these uh, conspiratorial views um, such as those advocated for by Alex Jones. Man, I'm so fucking sick. People coming up to me, coming to meetings and my meetings and my shows, talking this fucking bullshit about chemtrails and fucking 30 years later you're still talking 9-11 man fuck that man get a fucking life man now i got your fucking building number seven right here motherfucker come and get it let's do this you always talk about bringing back the spirit of 76 But slavery and genocide was the spirit of 76 Glenn Beck meets William Cooper Who needs this shit? His show is like burning crosses for aborted fetuses And watch you cry on YouTube You should exercise more Cause the shrink of call that paranoid delusions of grandeur That's why you against the pharmaceutical industry There's something fucked up in your brain chemistry If I was the FBI, I'd invent Alex Jones. Take two spoonfuls of silver iodine, call me when the DVDs are firm. Don't call it a conspiracy, it's the way it's always been, but you read Confederate history. Some concepts are too big, this world is too small, I'm a grown ass man, fuck you and your chemtrails. Don't fucking talk to me about the fluoride in the water, talk to me about how we can smash the state, fight the power. Y'all give truth a bad name, lying motherfucker. You give Texas a bad name. We got real enemies to face, wars we can actually win. They're doing real shit to destroy us in the open. Now you're gonna say, I'm a new world order stooge. I'm a old world order stooge like Red Cloud and Peter Gell to lose. As an anarchist, I was born to lose and get stabbed in the back by collaborators like you. So you wanna talk about what happened on 9 11? Obviously, was a multi-dimensional, shape-shifting alien. He looked like Reagan, rose from the ashes like white devils in hell, denying evolution. Now I would never call the cops, but to the EPA, I'll snitch you out. So much hot air, you're fucking on my carbon count. Chill while I pour a little Pepsi out for the aborted babies that ain't bought Luke Gusset denim yet. You're like the conspiracy theory sky mall, the David Icke reptile swallowing its own tail. You should fall on your megaphone, die with some dignity. How many dinosaurs had to die to pay for your YouTube traffic? You claim to love freedom so much You a police lover Why you hate women so much Talk about the feminist homosexual plot for domination And the answer to the world's problems is more Christians breeding You ain't a libertarian, you're Rand Paul with a tinfoil hat I'm a libertarian socialist, Google that You scam the news and twist facts Place it on faith and free market While most of the world can't afford bootstraps Freedom come from the barrel of a gun, not from the shit end of a white man's megaphone. You want to reduce the state to the size of a police station? Okay, well, let's go all the way and close every police station. Alex, you ignore Alec, who writes terrorism laws, talking Bilderberg. Not a word on the Koch brothers. You still have the world down the river beat. All the wild funnel and the rage to feed the trough of the GOP. Quit talking shit on the Masons. My grandfather's a Mason, and he hates the government. All them Shriners want to do is build hospitals. That's a market-based solution to misguided capital. Fuck Alex Jones.
Hey, you mob. This virus is hanging around far too long, don't you reckon? Uncle Jack Charles here, and I, for one, would love to be back with community. This just isn't possible without vaccinating our community. You can contact your local ACCO and they can give you the information you need to book you an appointment so you're on your way. Together we can do better. Community, unity, immunity. Hashtag VaxDanProud. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Freedom of Species, bringing you animal advocacy on the airwaves of 3CR Community Radio. And yeah, before um, we just heard a song um, from Solon DJ Payne One about Alex Jones, about sort of conspiracy conspiracy theories within um, more sort of you know radical or progressive kind of political um, movements and just kind of people within those spaces. And I was actually thinking about this that um, in Victoria we, we've recently. I believe, um, reached over 90% fully vaccinated. Um, so it's interesting that even though, I think Adam's fact-checking me on that right now, um, but um, yeah, um, even though we are seeing quite big protests, which, uh, you know, have anti-vaccine in the mix, there's also anti-vaccine mandate, anti-Dan Andrews in general, et cetera. But um, yeah, even though there, there are quite big numbers there in terms of like a huge proportion of people are actually going ahead and getting vaccinated. Um, and I was wondering that like within within Victoria, um, have you fact-checked that, Adam? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, 12, 12 plus is sort of 93 and more percent vaccinated. And then that's fully zero- vaccinated, not just first dose. Uh, uh, but, oh, so 90, 91% and 90%. So 12 plus is 90%, 16 plus is 91, 70 yep. plus is 98%. So, yep. 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 We're, we're, you know, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. And, you know, Australia has, has always been a pretty good vaccination nation. You know, mm-hmm. yep. we yep. do it well. And I was just um, speculating, and I, I don't want to sort of state this claim too strongly because, again, this is kind of what we're criticising in terms of people just believing things without evidence. But I guess I was wondering, like, so we've got um, probably less than 10% of Victorians who are anti-vaccinate, anti-vax and don't want to get vaccinated. And I was wondering whether that might be higher within the vegan movement. Again, that is just purely a hypothesis. Adam didn't, didn't seem to think it was too high. And again, I don't have any data on that. Um, but I guess uh, from your experience of being within, you know, vegan communities and online spaces, et cetera, I guess my, um, my question for you is how widespread do you think that is within the, the vegan movement generally, but also when you have seen objections to vaccinations, were they more based on these legitimate concerns in terms of animal testing? Um, I would say like misplaced, but kind of misdirected. Um, or are they um, more illegitimate concerns in terms of conspiratorial pseudoscience, etc.? Mm. So certainly I do think, like if, if we would go proportionally, I think probably vegan, and again, I don't have data on this. Um, yeah. There probably is some data. Mm. Uh, we could look at um, look at some research. I'm sh- I feel like I've read stuff around this before, mm. but I think there, there probably is a little bit um, more of that in the vegan community, like the conspiratorial sort of um, leanings. And certainly some people I know and I I am friends with who are vegans um, uh, uh, are also anti-vaxxers. And so in my life, it it, it sort of correlates, but Mm. I know a lot of vegans, so they're the people Mm. I'm talking to. Mm. Um, But in in overall numbers... Because vegans are just such a small proportion of mm. the community, then the mm. proportion of vegans who are anti-vaxxers is probably very small as well. Yep. In terms of the reason for... I only have anecdotal evidence for this. Um, the reasons for the people who I've, I've spoken to um, who are vegan and are sort of not getting vaccines or against vaccines is not based on vegan issues Hmm. they they are based on other concerns around you know government control Hmm. coercion um the safety of the vaccines which i mean 
from my perspective and reading and from all the experts that I listen to in the uh, all over the place, um, there there doesn't seem to be any significant safety concerns with these vaccines. They've been used in billions of people around the world by now, and um, and they're quite good and they're quite safe. So um, the evidence, the proof, like the proof is in the evidence, and the we have so much evidence that's been gathered very very quickly. Um, what I what I so one thing that I've noticed in conversations with people who are both vegans and anti-vaxxers is there's this, um, and certainly it's not all because I know plenty of vegans who are also get the vaccine. So again, I think it's a small proportion of the overall community, similar to non-vegan community. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I do find perhaps though maybe in the vegan community is that there's this there's this idea, and you know I've certainly experienced it. We we're going from non-vegan to vegan, you have your eyes opened and you are, there's this total, um, this huge shift in the way that you think about the world because you've, you've been told something for so long mm. uh, and then you discover that it's bullshit and that it's a lie and that the way that we treat animals is, is bad and horrible and there are all these mechanisms in our society to cover it up and hide it and make it invisible. And so um, that that um, that process, I think, is, is maybe more accessible for um, or closer at hand for vegans to then believe this is happening in other areas of their life, whether it's around government control or the drugs that we take or the food, that, the other types of food that we eat. There's almost like, well, if I was so easily lied to and blind to this reality or the reality of animals, like, is it actually that far beyond the pale for me to to not know about like the pharmaceutical companies or the, the government agencies trying to control us, all these sorts of um, conspiracies. And and the problem with some of these these conspiracies is, is they often rely on a little bit of truth. You know, mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies aren't particularly good and ethical places. They do terrible things. They do terrible things all over the world. Um, does that mean that they've got some global uh they're doing they they've got global conspiracy around this covid vaccine um to control people i think the the conspiracies just run away um with the the truth starts off like there's this nugget of nugget of um truth or or feeling that then is 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 taken um uh, to to significant extremes where then we start to believe that um that bill gates is injecting us with microchips to, you know, do whatever to track us or, you know, he doesn't need to inject us with microchips. We track ourselves with our phones easily enough. I mean, it's, it's a very like conspiracy is a, um, is an interesting and confusing and yeah, interesting um, psychological phenomenon, which I think is, is you can understand how people get there. um, But it is a challenge to, to talk to these people, chat with these people and, um, and dare I say it, reason with these people. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I kind of separated into like legitimate concerns in terms of around animal testing and illegitimate and conspiracies. And, mm. and yeah, I guess we touched on there is that even those perhaps less legitimate concerns often come from a somewhat legitimate place or like, as you say, a grain of truth. Um, mm. And yeah, and, and like obviously it is important to be critical of authority and not just unquestionably accept what you're told by authority figures, those kind of things. But yeah, just something I saw on Twitter actually, which I thought was quite relevant. So for those outside of Victoria, we had an earthquake here um, not too long ago, which was a very, very rare occurrence. Uh, and somebody on Twitter, they called uh, their um, handle is at they said one um, after the earth, after this earthquake, they said, "Has anyone done their own research on this earthquake in Victoria, or are you just going to listen to the seismologists?" And I thought that was kind of the, like this thing of like, you know, when it came to the 
earthquake. Like I didn't see too many people saying, "Well, you know, the evidence, the you know, the, the the bodies are saying that it was a whatever it was, a four point eight or something like that." But I just feel like it was actually a four point six on on the Richter scale or whatever. Like the, we have less of that, but when it when it comes to like health and vaccines, that kind of thing, it kind of seems to be this legitimate thing, uh, or at least within some spaces of just like what you feel like, or or you know, because you saw you know a meme going around on Facebook, and I have seen people like more on the pro-vaccination side sort of try and challenge that some of that misinformation in terms of like having an apple or something like that and then listing the sort of the chemical compounds of the apple and saying how could you put this into your body like this contains this this and this and if you just like throw these uh like long sounding like you know chemical compounds or whatever you know i don't want that into my body like for people who just aren't aren't informed so yeah i think there is a lot of that as well but yeah i definitely agree with that again purely anecdotally but most of the objections that i have seen you know from vegans has been less about the animal testing and more based on those um yeah again somewhat legitimate concerns and i think for a lot of vegans i've heard people sort of believe things without a lot of evidence and also you know sort of question things or, or refuse things which have a lot of evidence in their favor and also always goes back to oh but we were told to eat meat for example so it's kind of it's kind of a positive thing of sort of starting to question things but then yeah is that same level of skepticism sort of applied to the alternatives whether whether it is vaccination or anything else um and like adam touched on with that sort of political critique having a grain of truth like yeah I, I was thinking with like Pfizer for example any any of the companies like I who knows like what the individuals behind the scenes of thinking but like as an entity as a structure as an institution their focus is on profit but also in this case having an effect having an effective effective vaccine is good for the profit margin so sometimes those things go together not always obviously you can yeah have a like fossil fuels which are detrimental in the environment but can be beneficial economically so they don't always go together um but sometimes they can um but yeah i guess the final point i'll make about that legitimate or what i'd say is legitimate I remember myself like just having not vaccine hesitancy that this was like really early on in the pandemic before we got vaccines. And this is like my own sort of confusing a a critique of neoliberalism and and government's focus on having a strong economy. I just had this brief thought of like, won't they sort of rush through the vaccines because they don't want us in lockdown. They want us spending money and going out and simulating the economy. Will there be this like rush to like get the vaccine through as quick as possible? And of course that wasn't based. It was kind of conflating a political critique with a scientific critique. And it's not the government to approve these things. But um, yeah, one one thing that um, I heard a while ago, just look sort of critiquing that idea is that even though the process for approving the vaccines was sped up, they sped up the administrative process for these vaccines rather than the testing and and that kind of thing but i was gonna say like yeah. the, the the whole oh you know it usually takes 15 years mm-hmm. or seven years or whatever mm. is because the, the scientific process is usually really freaking slow mm. um purposefully and mm. um and you don't have like billions and billions and billions of dollars invested into this one goal mm-hmm. i mean when you get a if when you get hundreds of billions of dollars invested mm-hmm. and you know a huge amount of scientific energy and thought put into one specific problem you're going to get you're going to move really really quickly like it's we we mobilized so many resources to tackle this issue that it's no wonder we we did it quickly like it, it the the scientific process wasn't necessarily or wasn't um wasn't compromised i don't think you know it's just that we you know we we pulled our our resources and our efforts and we focused and through that focus we made significant gains um in time yeah 
Yeah, and I know you'd be very much aware of that. Like you often think of science as this kind of pure area, but it's very much um, sort of integrated like everything with a capitalist system. And so there's a lot of really important research that doesn't get enough funding. So it might be very slow to progress. But in that case, because there was such motivation, there was such funding, um, things could move through more quickly in that mm. case. And I mean, it's the same that we, we hope we can do for mobilizing a um, effective response to climate change, right? Mm -hmm. Or the climate crisis. We'd love to do a maximum protection response where tomorrow we we switch from like the the zero dollars that we put into climate effort to something in order of, you know, twenty maybe twenty percent of GDP. If we went to twenty to twenty percent of global GDP tackling climate, we could do things very, very quickly. Mm. Very, very quickly. Because mm. the money's being put there. Of yep. course it's got to go quickly. Yep. So we'll, we're going to move on to the animal testing show to finish up with after the break. So the next song is perhaps not directly relevant, but um, on our last episode, I spoke to Jamie Woodhouse and we spoke a bit about uh, rationality and evidence and also religion. And so I'm going to play a song um, called Hymns for the Heathen by Cursive uh, from the album Happy Hollow. Uh, and this album is all songs about religion and atheism. It's time to get back to the community, so get your proof of vaccination ready. Get started by creating a MyGov account if you don't already have one and linking your Medicare number. Then add your COVID-19 digital certificate to the Service Victoria app. Now you're ready to go. Your COVID-19 digital certificate is your ticket. Let's show it with kindness to the businesses we visit and the Victorians who run them. Visit coronavirus.vic.gov.au forward slash vaxproof. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. This lasting delusion about children trapped in tunnels. That's how we got Aussie Q, it seems. And now everything else. I mean, now it's just a six-month pipeline from that to Australians who, who live in this alternate uh, American fantasy land where they post about Donald Trump all the time. So its ability to, via Save the Children stuff, to get a whole range of different political persuasions in is what I found fascinating, you know. I talk a lot in the Aussie Q videos about how your auntie, she might not be that far right 
right wing now, but she might be quite left. She might just be a spiritual hippie type. But there's this broad appeal to things like Save the Children and Great Awakenings. There's almost a hippie-like quality to it, particularly when you tone down the whole MAGA element of, of traditional Q. And it's getting people in there. But Q is not just a conspiracy theory, is it? It is this conspiracy theory that is meant to drag you right after a few months. So your auntie's going to be talking about Make Australia Great Again in six months if she isn't right now. Listening to Radical Radio 3CR. Welcome back to Freedom of Species on 3CR Radical Radio. Today we're discussing COVID vaccines and also how how that sort of interacts with animal issues and veganism, etc. Um, we just went through some like conspiratorial arguments against the vaccine and how they can you know, sometimes have a, a grain of truth and will be based or sort of come out of perhaps some legitimate concerns about the negative impact of pharmaceutical companies or the lies of governments, et cetera, which, which can very much be real. Uh, but moving on now to the issue of animal testing. So the issue of rejecting COVID or some people rejecting COVID vaccines because they're, um, be, because they are tested on animals. Maybe I will just um, maybe I'll just start with the conclusion, which was the final um, sentence of this article. Again, we're going back to the article from theconversation.com. Are COVID vaccines vegan? Should I get one anyway? And an ethicist explains. It was Ben Bramble who wrote the article, but the final sentence is. Um, where are we? Yep. So the correct path is not to reject COVID-19 vaccines. It's to reluctantly accept them and lobby hard for better treatment of animals. And I, I agree with that conclusion um, in terms of how the author got there. I'm perhaps less um, less convinced or, or I wouldn't frame it in that way, even though that is certainly where I'm coming from in terms of rejecting animal testing, but still very much being on board with getting the vaccine. Um, but basically, the argument was that the it is necessary to test the COVID vaccines on animals, and I, I mentioned as well the sort of the the speciesism, the sort of devaluation of animals, which I thought was underlying the argument. Um, in that they made the point um, at somewhat um, sorry, I was getting getting back um, to the article. Um, Sorry, um, I'll just I'll just mention something while you're fine. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, I'm trying to find the point. So there's oh, I got it. <laughs> the 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 idea that um, argue for better treatment. I think I do not agree with. I think that True. we argue yeah. for um, abolishment of animal testing. And yeah. you know, there's this there's these things around about um, animal testing in science in that it is very often useless. It doesn't result in translation for human benefit um, in various uh, fields of fields of um, biomedicine um, or biomedical research. I'd have to look into those um, those results in in relation to vaccines. But you know, vaccines are a fairly well established um, type of medicine, um, and the trials trials of animals certainly um, phase zero trials of animals it's an obligation it it, it might actually not um, be beneficial to the research at all but for um, for medicines to to get approved for any sort of use from phase one to beyond where it moves into clinical trials with humans they have to go through a phase phase zero trial, I'm pretty sure, which um, is on animals. And this is not for any scientific reason. It is for a political reason um, and is a uh, is a legislation or, or a requirement of any drugs to be sold um, or approved by the US the USDA, I think it is, in America. So they've they mandated. I think it was after we had 
you know, some pretty horrible <laughs> incidences of um, drugs being having massive impacts on humans, like thalidomide. I think it might have been, you know, for um, uh, in pregnant women and having um, having children with serious deformities because of this drug. Um, after I think it, I'd have to go back and look at my science history, my med medical history, but there was a point at which they're like, okay, to try and avoid these sorts of things happening in humans, we're going to require any drug, anything that's being sold as medicine to go through a preclinical animal trials, hmm. phase zero. If it gets through that, then we can start on the human human trials. But um, before we get there, you must, even if you, even if you know that this isn't going to have any benefit to the our medical understanding of the drug, um, we will do it in animals. Mm. So it's actually a political requirement rather than a um, scientific one. Um, and you know, there, there, there certainly are, um, you know, it's certainly true that use of animals in medicine has helped us understand certain things and has helped us develop vaccines and all that sort of stuff. But that does not mean that we couldn't do it another way that doesn't use animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I found my point, which I, I think this again speaks to the, the speciesism of the article or the way they came to this conclusion, which was if the only way to save the planet or your fellow humans is to kill an animal, you should do so even if it is incredibly emotionally hard to do so. And to me, that seems like it's framing like being concerned about humans and the environment is rational and it's subjective and being concerned about other animals is just kind of a bit, you know, a bit emotional and, and not that important. You've got to kind of put it to one side. Um, but again, in, in terms of making the argument from a vegan point of view in terms of why you get vaccines i i would do so much more from like a practical animal ethics animal advocacy standpoint in that i'm not saying like to an indig individual animal being tested on i'm more important than you therefore i'm going to get tested because you know i'm more important than you so you're going to save my life etc but more just like i'm not going to help you by boycotting this industry like there are certain industries where an, a, an economic boycott will be effective. They gave they gave the example in the article of cosmetics, and absolutely, like a, a consumer boycott can be effective on on animal testing when it comes to cosmetics. Um, but when it comes to essential medical needs, I don't think a consumer boycott is an effective strategy to tackle that form of animal exploitation. Um, because then basically just get vegans as this very tiny niche sort of group of martyrs within society who are sacrificing their health for the greater good, but it's not going to be the mass movement it needs to make significant changes for animals. Of course, we get into other conversations there about what is the best way to address that, and I think there's two key ways in terms of people working within the scientific community, uh, and there's also those who are like protesting, sometimes like particularly in the past there's been more like direct action and, and freeing animals and and there's some tension between those two groups in, in a way in that some researchers work within argue that it's harder for them to make their case because of the activists. And they're, they're like important and complicated discussions. But yeah, again, I would much more make that practical argument rather than a speciesist argument for doing that, much the way that I've heard there's animal products, uh, gelatin, I believe, within the footpaths and the roads. But you're not really going to challenge that by refusing to walk on a road or a footpath. So it's just a it's just a reality of being vegan in non-vegan world, and we need to challenge um, animal exploitation or animal testing in this case in other ways. It's just not an effective tactic for that um, for that particular form of animal exploitation. So I think that is the way you can make an argument for getting the COVID vaccine or any vaccine as a vegan, um, yeah, without resorting to speciesism. How would you sort of um, yeah, not that anyone's just asking you to defend yourself, but how how would you perhaps explain it in a different way like you've obviously come to that same conclusion of getting the vaccine as a vegan yeah i i suppose it become it comes down to a a few considerations but also just understanding that this is a sad this is this is a a, a sad good i suppose that um there is there is no there is no path in which um you are going to be um, ethically clean. Whether you get the 
if you get the vaccine, then you're potentially harming, well, you are harming animals in, in that choice. If you don't get the vaccine, then you're potentially harming either yourself or others around you. And so you actually have a, a, a moral um, conundrum and you you just you need or an ethical conundrum and you need to um make the choice that best sits with your your own ethics i i agree with your point that it's um that the i think that the um the scientific use of animals is one of the hardest ones to shift or to boycott in that way i think there's going to be other ways that we tackle that system i think we absolutely need to and we need to push back against the use of animals in science uh, that's one of the main um objectives or the main focuses of my of my research my own my own work is to understand how animals are used in science and think about how it could be done differently um or what it would mean to do it differently. And we need to do that. I think we need to absolutely push back against it. But as you say, um, a few vegans here or there saying no isn't necessarily going to make those changes, especially when it's in legislation of the most powerful um, sort of um, medical body in, in the world who who sort of sets the agenda for all other like for, for a lot of other countries right mm. like they require it and you know it's a similar with cosmetics I think it was that you know cosmetics were being tested on animals because there were certain countries that required cosmetics to be tested on animals if they were going to sell them at all I think it might have been China it was and yeah, yeah yeah everyone wanted to sell to China mm. so Big market, they yeah. yeah so they all tested on animals so that they could have a piece of that that pie um, and it's not until you you sort of decouple the requirement of of um, the Chinese market requiring animal testing that mm. you can really make a difference. Nothing else was going to make a difference because profit-driven motive and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's really something that needs to be addressed, like at a much more structural level, like within the you know the the scientific institutions, within government institutions, more than just like an individual uh, consumer boycott. Um, having said that, I definitely agree with the article um, where the author makes the point: your reluctance to get the vaccine, again, if it is based on animal concerns, is rooted in a legitimate grievance about mm. human mistreatment of animals more broadly. Um, I go back to Adam's point. I would say like humans use of animals but yeah yeah did and, you have something that and i i i actually you know and if someone were to not get a vaccine on animal um ethics points then you know go like i'm i'm not gonna stop you i i really i i won't i won't fight that too much um and actually just funnily i think wouldn't it so there's been some um legislation pushed by the some pretty dodgy legislation it seems with not much use except for to um signal to a particular um uh political sort of side being pushed by the liberal government around um religious like a religious freedoms act that's around if you have a particular if you state a belief then you are um, afforded certain protections. I wonder whether you could actually, as a vegan, state a belief in like animal ethics and whatnot, and then therefore be um, protected against discrimination for not getting the vaccine. Mm, like anyway, a valid that, that, exemption or protected yeah. exemption. Yeah, protected yeah. exemption. Mm. Uh, and I mean, that's that's um, that's not the intention of that legislation. That legislation's not through yet. But mm. I wonder if actually. It, <laughs> could have that funny um funny sort of um cause cause that option yeah and i think this was a while ago in the uk it wasn't like deemed necessarily a belief but it was i think uh, veganism was deemed as like a, a particular group or some yeah. some wording like that which meant you couldn't group. protect yeah. a group you couldn't yeah. be discriminated against yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And I, I guess in terms of animal testing more broadly, I, again, Adam is more in the field of science, not not vaccines specifically, but within science, I am not. Um, and so hearing people speak about this issue, like 
um, I think it is definitely really important for that progress within the the scientific community. And you mentioned being a part of that. I know um, Andrew Knight, who, who is a veterinarian, has done some really great work in looking into this issue scientifically and, and great. I'm really glad they're doing that. Um, but I, I don't frame my argument in those terms just because I don't have the knowledge. I'd just be cherry picking or you know, b- b- bringing in a few random quotes I've heard or something like that. So I just don't have the expertise. So whenever I talk about the issue, I always talk about it from an animal rights perspective rather than a scientific perspective um what what do you think about that in terms of animal activists again those who within science absolutely that that's really important but for those who just don't have that scientific grounded what what do you think about them um or us um yeah sort of trying to challenge animal experimentation on scientific grounds yeah i think i think i i mean it's like any other um activism right i think Mm. that there's power in numbers and and in um knowledge and and coming together so if you if that's a if that's a topic you're interested in then find find the people that are also interested in that and work on on that issue i i'd welcome people Mm. getting in touch and Mm. chatting it more about this i think there are there are some groups in australia that do this sort of like hrea um Humane Research Australia. Yeah, Humane Research Australia, that's right. Maybe we'll Um, link to them, yeah. Yeah, um, who do some good work. but you know, there's there's plenty more that can be done, and yeah, I'm 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 working on some stuff at the moment that I'm I'm going to be looking for for citizen citizens to participate in sort of citizen science to contribute to our understanding and um, quantification of animal use in science. So yep. there's there's opportunities out there I think um, that could be yeah for people who are interested get into it. It's like anything, you know. Mm. Most people aren't experts in climate change, but they can still be active and advocates and activists for climate change and become very knowledgeable and even become experts in it because of their passion for it. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I guess it's probably not necessarily my lack of expertise, but more just lack of knowledge on that issue. But that obviously can be can be changed with those kind of resources that are available. So, yeah, we are actually out of time. So... That is all we have time for today. Um, just uh, unless there was anything you're really keen to say you didn't get to, Adam? No, I think that's yep. pretty good. Yep. So you can tune into our show one till two every Sunday. Um, listen in via eight eight. 855 am sorry uh from melbourne and you can also listen listen in via 3cr.org.au from anywhere around the world all of our previous podcasts are available via 3cr.org.au forward slash freedom species we're also in a bunch of of uh podcast apps including itunes and spotify um and while you're looking up our previous podcast i particularly recommend the episode anti-vaccine ableism if you're interested in hearing more about this topic and and you haven't already um, heard that episode, check that out. You can also get in touch, uh, freedomofspecies at gmail.com. We're also on social media as well. Um, Stay tuned for rotations um, for a bunch of music from different 3CR presenters. We're going to finish up with another song by Soul, another sort of religious theme, which is not exactly what we've been talking about, but I thought was sort of vaguely relevant in terms of talking about evidence and other ways of, of viewing the world, I guess. So, yeah, this is Soul with DJ Payne 1 and Decomposure. The song is called Godless. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Adam. Thank you. Christian friends pray for me, even though I don't believe. But I appreciate the energy, my actions are prayers, and little more than stones to infinity. I'm not shaking my fist or clenching my teeth, they're having a heart attack at the age of 33. Eat the world before it eats me, spread it out before I am what I eat. God damn, this life ain't sweet. If it's what you seek, you should fight my waves. I'm on the bigger things like a back and play. Raps will say who means the most except ain't no love songs, cause that is sacred to me. The side of me you see is a fighter, a writer. I came here to exile preachers and join the choir. 
clutching their pearls They ask what is this Not here to cut deals But a race all business Things are arranged before you wake Cruise control on an empty tank Stop it and we're playing Keep on changing Well there's rock and roll away Chasing fast into the grave Now fuck the good old days Keep on changing This that high on the beach with no boss texting that we came for peace but of course we brought weapons this that shit that realizes freedom born to a fiefdom running through the eye of a needle and i don't want to go quietly not loud like every man's been trained to be talking louder than a bomb while you carry emperor's robe no life in your palm your fate is controlled i'll leave that talk for another time this one's for the radio active waves that we can range our lives how should we act like animals machines want to be gods in a godless trap the white man is still the fucking devil i'm trying to soothe the hell inside of me this shit outside i can't control i'll be damned if i let the madness go on the pose CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.